appreciate that, Hunter. Powerful song. Uh, young people can make their way out to junior church at this time. Uh, young people make their way out to junior church. The rest of you can turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter number 2. And uh, Hunter didn't know this, I don't think, but I'm going to preach on prayer today. So what a, you know, God's in again. I may need my chair. Uh, hopefully not, though, but Jenny will tell me if I need it, um, I'm sure. Or if I'm laying up here, then you'll know I probably need it as well. Um, this morning, uh, I want to preach a message to you that's been uh, a blessing to me in my personal life. And I've entitled this morning's message, Intercessory Prayer, uh, Inter- Intercessory Prayer. And uh, this morning's message, I want to give a shout out to uh, one of my mentors, Pastor Kingsbury, because the outline I'm going to preach this morning really is his. Uh, last week I preached somebody else's, this week I'm preaching somebody else's, so hey, I'll just preach somebody else's every week. Works out nice. You guys seem to like those better anyway, so, um, but um, my dad sent this to me some years ago, and I'll share more of that in a minute, but I appreciate Pastor Kingsbury and his insight in, into God's Word and this topic of prayer, of intercessory prayer. Our text is going to be 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 1, where the Bible says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. There's in verse 1 there, there's a description, a different facets of prayer, whether it's supplication or prayers in generals or giving of thanks, but then he specifically mentions there uh, the idea of prayers of intercession or intercessory prayer. Now, prayer is an important thing and ought to be in the life of every believer, and before I get started this morning, I thought it'd be appropriate if I, if I bring to you maybe the relevance of uh, uh, how oftentimes we get driven to times of prayer. Uh, there was a internet viral uh, prayer that I'm going to share with you here in a moment. Uh, remember the last couple of years when COVID hit and they decided that all the schools had to be closed, you know, and all the parents found out what it was like to have the kids stay at home all day? Uh-huh. We appreciate our teachers, don't we? Um, now, or, or this, this, this video will be uh, uh, identifiable if you are a homeschooler. You're going to identify strongly with the prayer. And you're going to be going, amen, amen, sister. Um, so without further ado, uh, our media people back there are going to show you just prayer.
Lord God, right now, I need her to understand. Apostle Paul, through the Holy Spirit of God, divinely inspired, uh, where Paul writes to his young protege, Timothy, and he encourages him to stay there in, in Ephesus. Apparently, the church is having problems, surprise, surprise, and um, he tells them in verse 3 of chapter number 1, you know, that I, I, I begged you to abide still at Ephesus, and there are people that want to argue about everything there, and that you need to just, you know, keep doing the right thing, because some have turned this side under what the Bible, the King James says is vain jangling, and there were problems there. But he also in chapter 1 reminds him the main thing is belief in Jesus Christ and the gospel message. In chapter 1 verse 15 he says this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. And today I want to look at this idea of problems in the church relationship issues without losing sight of the gospel message. Now, the idea of having an intercessor, just as this lady just demonstrated, where her children needed some intercessory prayer, and I don't know about you, but there are times that my children needed some intercessory prayer, and yet as this idea of prayer comes, intercession is the idea of having two people of different sides coming together and somebody is begging on the behalf of another. The idea has an adversarial relationship or like negotiations are going on with an intercessor or maybe you can even say a mediator. You remember in 1 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 5 the Bible says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, Right? There is no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. And this morning, unless you have a personal relationship with him, you're not making it to heaven, not your good works and whatever. And your sins have put you in an adversarial relationship with God. But God's son, Jesus Christ, is your mediator. He is your intercessor. And without him, there's no hope of heaven. That's why the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Do you know him as your personal savior today? But you know, we need an intercessor for us as sinners, but even as saints, we need an intercessor. Remember in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 26, the Bible tells us about the Holy Spirit's ministry. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Aren't you glad the Holy Spirit of God is making intercession for you and I? Even Jesus himself, later on that same chapter, Romans 8, verse 34, 
Paul writes, says, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God. Most of us know that. But what is he doing at the right hand of God? Look at that, verse 34. Who also maketh intercession for us. So as believers, aren't you thankful to know that God the Holy Spirit and God the Son are both involved in interceding on behalf of you and I as we walk through this road of life? And that's why in 1 John, this verse I think is represented to everyone, but I in context think it's most for believers. 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 1, My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate, we have an intercessor with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. See, there's times in my spiritual walk, as there is in yours, where I get out of sorts with God. Where I, as a believer, as a saint, need an intercessor. I might be involved in sin, and sometimes that's when I've been involved in sin, I've been deceived by sin. Ever argued with God and say, well, that's not wrong. You know, you know how you know when you're in deep trouble? There's when a guy like me gets up here and preaches the word of God, and instead of getting mad at the sin and realizing you get mad at me, that's okay, that's the price of the messenger. If you're so okay with it, why do you get so emotional? The reason is, is because each of us in our life, there are times we've adopted things that are contrary to the revealed word of God and the Holy Spirit will bring uh, through his word or other things, he brings the presence. But sometimes there's a season where I'm in sin and I might be deceived by it. I, I might not know what I need. And I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit of God and my Lord Jesus Christ intercede on my behalf. But you know, God is looking today for Christians who will be involved as intercessory prayer warriors. You all know the, the famous verse in, in Ezekiel uh, chapter number 22, I sought for a man among them that he should make up the hedge and stand in the gap for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. I think part of that responsibility of standing in the gap is being a believer that is involved in intercessory prayer. And I think God's looking for men and women to join hands with him, to work alongside the Holy Spirit and with the Lord Jesus Christ and be involved in intercessory prayer. Now, it's interesting in our text verse in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 1, notice it says, I exhort therefore. And you know the old cliche, whenever you see the word therefore, you ask, why is it therefore? Well, we know it takes us back to what was said in chapter number one. And in its totality of chapter number one has this idea, Paul saying, stay there in Ephesus, don't. There's problems in the church you have to confront. There's some people that are living in sin, making bad choices. But in its most immediate context, we find what was Paul talking about right before he says, therefore. Well, let's go to chapter number one and look at the end of chapter number one and verse number 18 tells us what's going on. The Bible says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies that went on before thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. We are told right before this desire to be a part of prayer, an intercessory prayer, about two Christians who went astray. 
It's not a question this morning of salvation. Many of the commentaries are reading and say, well, Hymenaeus and Alexander weren't really believers. No, I would very much disagree with that, best we can know. I don't believe this is a question of salvation, but sanctification. These two believers got off into some sin, and you say, well, how would you believe that? Well, the biggest evidence I would give would be when Paul says in the end of verse 20 that, he, that he's going to deliver them unto Satan. Well, if they were unsaved, Paul has no need to deliver them unto Satan because they are already Satan's. But these were believers who went astray and were bound in sin and they needed an intercessor. Now, in our text, which is we're going to stay now in verses 18 to 20 in chapter number one, I want to show you three reasons they needed an intercessor this morning. The first reason they needed one is because they were in sin. Because they were in sin. Notice he tells us that they were blasphemers. Now, when you hear the word blaspheme, most Christians go, ooh, that's really a bad sin. And it is. But, you know, in its strictest sense, the Greek word there for blaspheme is really a compound word. And it really just literally means to speak against. And sometimes we want to say, well, I blasphemed and that's some kind of... But anytime you and I speak against a truth of God, we're blaspheming. Have you blasphemed lately? Can we rewind the tape from this morning when you're getting ready? Anytime we speak against God's truth, we're in danger. We're committing this sin of blasphemy. And these men, Hymenaeus and Alexander, were guilty of speaking against God's truth and they needed an intercessor. Now, there's some debate about whether we know exactly what sin they were involved in, but um, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, if they're the same men that are mentioned in 2 Timothy chapter number 2, we find out about Hymenaeus that uh, in 2 Timothy 2.17, the Bible says in their word, we'll eat as a, uh, doth a canker of whom is Hymenaeus and Phileas, who concerning truth of Erd, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. They, they got into some bad doctrine. They said, oh, the resurrection's already happened, you know, and they, they led people astray in doctrinal areas. When it comes to Alexander, he's also mentioned again, if it's, if it's the same man, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his work, of whom be thou where also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. It seems like Alexander was very divisive and was speaking against the truth of God. Wow. Now, we're not sure that was their sins, but it very well may have been. And while they were in sin, Paul says these guys needed somebody that would be involved in intercessory prayer. And when you consider the picture of this need throughout the Bible, I thought of someone like Abraham, the intercessor. Do you remember Abraham, the intercessor, prays for Sodom and Gomorrah? In Genesis chapter number 18, you know the story where the angels have come And it's time to hold Sodom and Gomorrah to account. And by the way, has there been a day in the history, in the history of the United States of America that our country needs intercessory prayer warriors like today? Let us be honest. It's getting to the point in our country that God may have to send an apology letter to Sodom and Gomorrah. I, I, not a week goes by that I am not 
renewed and being stunned at the immoral wickedness that is being fostered upon not only our culture, but specifically our kids. Woo! I mean, do you see this story now that Adidas is in all the woke thing? And, you know, they're... And now, now, you know, you got Target, you walk into Target. By the way, you know, Jen and I are making a point to go let the Target store manager know that, you know, my, my money spending days and I, 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 you do what you do. I, I'm, I, that's where my pharmacy is. I'm probably going to have to go in there for my pharmacist. But, you know, I'm, you walk into Target and this is everywhere you go in Target. And, of course, they've got to have shirts for kids. Have you seen this? Go into Target right there on your left. The first thing on your left there, whole section. Queer, queer, queer. I'm a girl and I'm trans. All day long I dream of girls with a girl on the picture on the front. Now, if you think this is just a few people doing this, if you don't see the spiritual warfare going on here in, 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 even in the larger sense, you're missing it. But I am telling you, our country is running headlong down the path of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the angels of God showed up one day and God says to Abraham, I've seen the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah and Abraham's believing nephew Lot was living in that city and you know the story that Abraham and the Bible says in Genesis 18.22 and the men turned their faces, these angels from thence and went towards Sodom but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Abraham was been told that judgment was coming and you know the story that Abraham gets on his face before God and he pleads for the people of Sodom, these wicked, immoral people. So you and I, we need to be in deep prayer for our nation today. I don't, I, I have grandkids now. I, I, I want my grandkids to grow up in the home of the brave and the land of the free and have an opportunity to succeed and do these things and experience blessings in life. And do you want that for your kids? We got to have some Christians get on their face before God like Abraham and beg. You know the story. God said, if I can just find 10 righteous. But he couldn't. Hymenaeus and Alexander, maybe they were involved in some kind of sin and like they needed an intercessor like Abraham. How about Job the intercessor? Remember Job, righteous Job, and God brings suffering, allows suffering into his life and, and uh, all his three friends show up. You know, is it uh, uh, Eliphaz, Zophar, and Bildad, I think is the three guys' name. Remember they show up and, and almost the entirety of the book of Job, which is a long book, is made up of these three guys sitting around discussing why Job is going what he's going through and telling Job, come on Job, be honest with us, you did something. And until you're honest and be able to do it, and, and here are these guys, they knew what God was doing. They knew that they were convinced that Job had sin and problems in his life. They were full of such pride. You remember at the end of the book, after they'd sat there and lectured Job for week after week and month after month, Job 42, and it was so after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said unto Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for you have not spoken of me the thing that is right of my servant Job hath. Therefore take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer yourselves up for a burnt offering and my servant Job shall pray for you. For him will I accept. Hmm. 
lest I deal with you according after your folly that you have not spoken of me the thing which is right like my servant Job. The only thing standing between those three guys and the wrath of God was their friend Job. Ever prayed for somebody who's been lecturing you for a couple years? Judging you? Critical spirit? How about Samuel the intercessor? Remember the people want a king and in 1 Samuel chapter number 8, verses 6 and 7, Samuel, God tells Samuel, hey, don't, don't worry, but they're not rejecting you. And verse 6 says, the thing displeased Samuel, and they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. Samuel was an intercessor. How about Moses, the intercessor? You remember Moses went up on the mountain to get the commandments, not just the 10, but all 613, and Moses has gone up there for 40 days and the people say, we don't know what happened to this Moses. And they go to Aaron and they say, make us some kind of God. And they fashion a golden calf, which most people think is one of the gods of Egypt where they just left. And they have this big dance party full of nakedness. Read about it. If you want to go read about it, God wasn't happy. You know, in my notes, I put the MTV Awards Night. The... You know, the, the Grammys, the, sad to say it, the Country Music Awards. Yeah, they're going woke too. And I'll tell you, whenever you see a bunch of people dancing around in their nakedness, the study I've seen in the Bible, God don't like it. And the people of God are the ones he's most mad at. And today, I expect unsaved people to act like unsaved people. But where are the children of God who understand they serve a holy God? Where did that go? And Moses comes down from the mountain after, after doing this. And, and God says, I'm going to wipe the people out. You're on your way down. He says, Moses, the people have fallen into sin. And, and my anger is great. Look at Exodus chapter 32. And the Lord said unto Moses, I've seen this people. Behold, it's a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them, that it may consume them, and I will make of thee, Moses, a great nation. And Moses besought the Lord as God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Ooh. You remember the Ten Commandments? Anybody remember the first commandment? Thou shalt, make, or thou shalt have no other gods before me. Then the second commandment, shall not make any graven image. The people were down there violating the very first two commandments. And I will tell you in my life and in your life, there are seasons in my life where God and some of my spiritual leadership goes up on a meeting and they leave me there by myself and, and I, I'm floundering in my faith and I'm, I'm going, well, I don't know where my Moses is in my life, but he's not around anymore. I know he's up doing something spiritual, but, you know, and, and we, get, we get, God, you know I need you. Why, why, God, why aren't you showing up? And God, for his purposes, doesn't do, doesn't, believe it or not, he doesn't follow your schedule or mine. And at uh, some point along the way, you know what we do? We get impatient with God. We get disappointed with God. And then we replace God. Oh, that's really good, Pastor Ken. I didn't get a lot of amens on that one, so I'll say it again. We get impatient with God, disappointed with God, and then we replace God. You know, they took that, made that golden calf. If you read the story, they all pitched in of their own gold to make their idol. They used their talents and abilities in crafting to put it together. 
They took the time to make it exactly what they wanted. Now, they made their own God so they could control it, but at the end of the day, they took their time, their talent, and their money. And I said this Wednesday night, I'll say it again this morning, you show me where your time, money, and talent goes, and I'll show you what you worship. It's really that simple. I know people that worship sports. I know people that worship hobbies. They worship that. Now, there's nothing wrong with some of these things until we make them an idol. And Moses was an intercessor before the people. Why? Because they were in sin. Well, Hymenaeus and Alexander needed intercessors first because they were in sin, secondly because they were in blindness. They were in blindness. The Bible tells us in our text that their faith had gone shipwreck. You know, it's bad when you're in a boat and you don't know there's a rock. Or you don't know the water's really shallow. As somebody who does a lot of time on the water in the ocean, every time we go into any port, you know, they bring a pilot out there from the land because he knows all the way the things are, where the deeper water is. They won't let the ships come in, the big ones, without their pilot coming on the boat and saying, here's how we get in. Why? Because you certainly don't want to run into some rocks. I, I like watching, I have a YouTube channel I watch where they just set up outside of Miami with one of the inlets to come out of the, the intercoastal waterway out to the open ocean. And, and these people bring their boats in and out as the tide goes in and out if it's a windy day. And it is amazing to me, some of these idiots. You know, if you don't know how to drive a boat, probably stay out of Boca's inlet or Miami's inlet out to the Probably don't, don't do that. But it's interesting. The other day there was an episode where there was these guys and you could tell they didn't know what they were doing, but, you know, they were men, so they were cocky. They knew what they were doing. You, you guys, are, you know, none of us men ever act that way. But these, oh, yeah, we got a boat. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a captain sailor, you know. And um, they want to impress their women how close they could get to the shore because, I don't know, they wanted to see something or other. But they got themselves a little close to those rocks, you know, they have there and and it was a, like a 20 25 foot this is a big boat i don't know how much it cost probably half a million dollars i don't know and in one moment a big wave of water came and lifted that boat set it on those rocks and there they stuck they end up having to amble off those rocks and it, they're falling down because you know, the rocks are all slippery and within like an hour the waves had crushed that boat Ooh, that would have been a bad day Although they say when you're a boat, the best day of your life is when you get a boat. The next best day of your life is when you get rid of a boat. That's what I've heard been said. But people need an intercessor because they're blind. They don't see the rocks ahead. It's amazing to me, and I have been there, but the people who need an intercessor seldom realize the need or seldom realize the position they are in. Oftentimes you'll say, oh, that person, I, they're, boy, they're, they're, they're running away from what God says. It's very clear the way they're living their life. But there's no conviction. There's no repentance. There's no discipline that you can see from our vantage point, And they're just going along their merry way. You know, Hymenaeus and Alexander probably didn't even care that people were praying for them. You know, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah. They're so wicked and the angels go into town. They go find Lot. You know the story where they, the, the people of the town that night, they come after Lot. And one of the saddest, most awful stories in all the Bible is where Lot offers his own daughter to these men and said, here, I'll throw my, my, my virgin daughter out to you and let you have your way with her if you leave these two men alone. Why? Because they wanted the men. I don't think God likes homosexuality. 
And the Bible says, stunningly, in Genesis chapter number 19, how that the angel of God, the angels smote the men with blindness. Now they've experienced the judgment of God, and I don't know about you, but if these guys went something like this and my vision was gone, that might get my attention, right? But if you read in Genesis, what you find out is the Bible says these guys, these, these crowds, stayed, wearied themselves at the door trying to find the door. They still persisted in their sin. You know, Job's friends, they were oblivious to God's presence and God's anger at them, but these guys had seminary degrees. They had PhDs. No, they were, they were about to get themselves squashed and they had no idea. The people at Sinai, God knows what they're doing down there and, they, and God's anger is getting hotter and hotter and God is about to wipe them entirely out. And they had just seen the presence of God. Remember the story? God on the mountain, the mountain shakes and they say, Moses, we can't go up there. You got to go up there for us. You know the amazing thing about people who need intercessory prayer like Hymenaeus and Alexander, it's not that they've never seen God work. But now they're so blind by their sin that they need an intercessor. You know, one of the tough things about getting involved in intercessory prayer is you got to recognize the people that God may call you to pray for, they're, they're not going to see the position they're in. They're not going to recognize the state of the danger they are in. And they may have even had in the past some encounters with God. You say, how can this person do this when they've, they've experienced God in their life? And one of the most heartbreaking things about being in ministry is knowing that the choices that people are making where they lead and I am telling you on the word of God, if you let addictions in your life, I will tell you where they will lead. If you let your marriage become less important and you violate relational principles in the word of God in your marriage, you might well play along for a while, but I will tell you where it will lead. And it is not pleasant. They needed an intercessor because they were blind. And then last this morning, and I'll be done, they needed an intercessor because they were faithless. The Bible tells us about their faith in chapter number one. Having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. They shipwrecked their faith. Again, another indication is the book of James tells us. The book of James, when, when the Bible says faith without works is dead, he's not talking about whether you're really saved or not. James is written to believers. The book of James is talking about you can't sit there and say you're all spiritual and not see God working in your life. No, the two things don't work. If you're, if you're, if you're living for God, there's going to be some fruit of the Spirit there as a Christian. You can't have it both ways. And, and uh, these guys had put away their, their faith, had been shipwrecked, had been, had been destroyed by the sin and the blindness and they were no longer walking by faith. But now they're living by sight, by feeling, and by emotion. And I can tell you, in this life, if you live by the things you can see, the things you feel, you're going to be in trouble. Because the life of faith is not by sight. It's by the principles and the promises of the Word of God. 
You see, Abraham was an intercessor because he had faith. Sarah doesn't tell us that Sarah had that kind of faith, or certainly Lot didn't have that kind of faith, but Abraham was an intercessor because he had faith. Job was an intercessor because he had faith. His friends did not have faith. Samuel was an intercessor because he had faith. Moses was an intercessor because he had faith. Aaron did not. Miriam did not. But Moses was an intercessor because he had faith. You know, one of the most amazing things of this whole story was I studied this that brought the most conviction on me that I'm about to dump on you. (laughs) As I considered this idea of being an intercessor and these different intercessors, the pictures, examples, Abraham, Samuel, Job, and Moses. Of Moses, it is said in Deuteronomy chapter number 9, Moses talks about this whole event where God was about to wipe out the people. And the Bible says... And I fell down before the Lord as at the first 40 days and 40 nights. That's when he first went up to get the, 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 the commandments. I ne- did neither eat bread nor drink water because of all your sins, which ye sinned in doing wickedly in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Verse 24. Ye have been rebellious against the Lord from the day that I knew you. Thus I fell down before the Lord 40 days and 40 nights as I fell down at the first because the Lord said he would destroy you. You realize the Bible's clear that Moses says when he recognized the sin nature and the sinfulness of the people and that God's judgment was about to fall, that he prayed for them for 40 days and nights. That he ate no bread, drank no water for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, I did the math. Do you know how many hours are in 40 days? I know we've got some great mathematicians here. 960 hours. 960 hours. Do you know somebody in your life that needs an intercessor? Do you have a family member who's walked away from the faith? Do you have somebody, uh, maybe a close friend that once used to attend church with you and was vibrant in their faith, but now they're, they're living a life in total disobedience to God. Is there anybody that comes to your mind right now when I ask that question? That's my next follow-up question. Have, have, have you prayed one day? One? One hour? Now, I am just as guilty as you. I'm simply asking you this morning if you want to see God do miracles in the lives of those people are you willing to be faithful in prayer are you going to be an Abraham are you going to be a Moses or are you going to be an Aaron and start helping somebody make an idol has God given you the vision of being an intercessor do you, has he given you a burden for somebody and if you're a Christian and there's nobody in your life that you have a burden for I, I would suggest you get right with God what are you doing what influence are you using for people whether they need to come to faith in Christ or for believers who are away is there any brokenness in your heart for anybody anybody and we wonder why the church is failing and our country's failing 
don't have enough intercessors. I got this sermon um, from my dad, really. Um, like I said, the outline was written by one of my mentors, Pastor Kingsbury, but the first time I preached this message was back many years ago. Um, where was it? it was back in 08, 09. It was a while ago. And our church was going through a particularly tough time at that time, and I was going through, and Jenny and I as parents were going through a very difficult time. And I'm thankful to have a very godly father and a godly mother. And, you know, I always shared with my dad, still do to this day, what, the issues in my heart when I'm broken for. And he knew what was going on in my life. So he, one day he calls me and says, hey, you know, pastor preached this message Sunday and I think you need to hear it. And that was back in the day. He sent me the CD in the mail, you know, <laughs> the old CD thing, you know. And um, I remember getting that CD and it said intercessory prayer and this basic message was what, was on it. You see, at that time, I had a teenager. Anybody got teenagers? <sighs> you think they're tough when they're preschoolers and elementary age. You wait till they're teenagers. And all the old parents said, amen, all right, amen. I had this teenager and she was determined to go the wrong way. And my heart was broken. And I remember listening to this CD in my office and getting down on my knees and saying, God, I need to be an intercessor for my kid. And I'm thankful this morning that that kid is running the media in the back. But I have another kid. He's not here today. He needs an intercessor. I don't know who it is in your life that God's going to call you to be an intercessory prayer warrior. But I believe there's probably someone in this morning, I encourage you to get involved in prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the teaching of your word this morning. Lord, I thank you that you're a merciful God and in each of these situations, boy, that you were willing to hear the prayers and the cries of Abraham and of Moses and Job. God, may we be people of faith. Thank you for the times that we have failed and made poor decisions that you said that you'd forgive us if we would simply confess our sins, that you'd forgive us and we could be restored. And Lord, I pray if there's a person here today who doesn't know they're on their way to heaven, if I were to ask you right now, if you were to die and you stood before God and he said, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? If you said, well, I've been baptized. No, it doesn't cut it. The Bible's very clear. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Has there been a time where you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If not, would you trust him today? Would you simply acknowledge before him that you're a sinner and you recognize that Jesus came and died for your sin and rose again that he could offer you eternal life and you want to receive that free gift from him today by faith?
How about it, dear Christian? Is there somebody in your life this week I've been really burdened in my own life and in the life of our church where I know there are folks in this auditorium now and those who are probably watching online that you're in that valley of decision. Am I going to live this life of faith or am I just going to play the game? Or maybe you know somebody that is, you know they're a Christian, but they're away from God. Their faith is shipwrecked. And God's asking you, why don't you be an intercessor for them? With heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around except myself. If you'd say, Pastor Ken, yeah, there's somebody that God has laid on my heart that I need to be in prayer for. And as a witness before you and before God, I'd like to have your prayer for me as I pray for them. Anybody like that? You have somebody that God's laid in your heart over here on my right, in the center, and on my left. God, you see every hand, and God, you know every name that is represented. Lord, I pray that you'd help this individual, the folks that lifted their hands this morning, to develop a pattern, a discipline to be involved in prayer. Maybe, maybe they need to take a time like Moses and, and have a day of fasting. But God, I pray we'd see you work in the lives of these folks that we care for. Holy Spirit of God, so thankful again that your grace and your mercy are new every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please stand? We're going to sing a verse invitation as we sing.